podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back. The boys are back into Scott Wildcat and Chauncey Bosco, the wonder pup. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. All right, it is time to go with our South Dakota postgame Q&A. This will be our Tuesday show all year uh, week of the game. I am pumped to bring it to you. I think it is going to be a lot of fun uh, spinning off the Q&A. We used to pick a couple questions and get it into. Yes, we love you, Chauncey. Uh, and, and get it into the uh, game review uh, in the mission to avoid giving you guys two 90-minute, uh, 90-minute-plus 90 shows every week. I'm trying to break it out, trying to... Uh, keep you know the game review and um, game preview around an hour uh, trying to get the whip around and Q&A around 30 to 40 minutes uh, so, so it's more shows maybe a little bit more uh, actual time content but on different days before I crack into the questions this show is brought to you by Manhattan Brewing Company I just cracked open a 785 lager if you want the most crisp and flavorful lager in the world, 785 Lager is the beer for you. If you have a friend who's like, eh, I don't know about craft beer, you know, something like that, no. Take them into Manhattan Brewing Company, get them a 785 Lager, get them one of the American wheats. I just got a couple, four packs of their Kolsch. I'm going to be diving into that a little bit later. Um, I promise you, you're going to convert them. They have the most refreshing and fresh beer in Kansas and, dare I say, the entire Midwest. They got a great event going on Friday before the Missouri game with Stan Weber. They're going to have their Oktoberfest celebration coming up and a fun release, which is a citrus IPA with the KSA equipment team called Swag Team 6. So make sure you're following them on Twitter, Instagram, all the socials. And tell them Scott Wildcat sent you. I'm not kidding. Uh... I've never loved one of my sponsor's products more than I love Manhattan Brewing Company. Just absolute delicious beer. All right, we're going to get into the questions. Again, as always, use hashtag AskBosco, and I will get to them during these Tuesday Q&As. Because I, I, lo- I love getting the interaction with you guys. We got, how many do we got? We got just over 25, so we're going to dive into them right now from KSU Railroader. Uh, where tenants kicking issues uh, becoming because he's new or because there's something we need to be concerned about? Um, here's the thing. He started kicking last year. This is not because he's new. This is not because of jitters. Um, at least I don't think so uh, because uh, the problems were there last year. He has an amazing leg. This ha- I mean, he has world-class leg strength. He can boom the ball. But it doesn't matter if he can't put it between those uh, uprights. The field goal miss was bad. 
the extra point miss was bad because neither one of them were quite frankly close. And he didn't hit his uh, other extra points purely either. He had a knuckleball go through there. Um, This is a legitimate problem. I think this is the first time in a very long time where I think uh, that kicking is going to be a liability. Now, Blake Lynch had a couple games in his career where it's been rough. You know, um, Cantelli had the Auburn game. So we've seen kickers have some rough games go on to have pretty good careers. Uh, and, and hopefully it turns around. Hopefully it turns around. But I, I was hearing this, and I think I mentioned it uh, during the live show. Um, if not, maybe my predictions episode. But I mentioned that I was not hearing great things about Tenet and Camp. Um, so this isn't anything new. The bigger issue, I wouldn't say bigger issue, but another big issue is there's no one else that's pushing him. We have a couple other young kickers. We have uh, you know Zentner as well, who's an elite kickoff guy, very good punter. Um, but he wasn't able to be good enough on field goals, uh, to be a, you know, all three kicking positions. Um, maybe, uh, there were some young kickers who weren't part of camp, weren't invited to camp that can, uh, start pushing him. Uh, but, but, but this is something I am 100% concerned about. I think coming out of that game, um, I think coming out of that game, that is my second biggest concern. Um, And I have the least amount of confidence that that's going to get fixed. So I'm very nervous about Chris Tennant's kicking. Um, Ryan M. Floyd asks, Casey's defense looked good, shutout good, but does a shutout against South Dakota really mean that much? This is what I'm going to say. You don't see a lot of shutouts at any level of football, no matter how big the mismatch is. Any shutout is a good shutout. And I'm going to say this. I said this in the review show. I'm going to say it again. South Dakota was probably the second best team that any Big 12 team played. I think the only team that is definitively better than South Dakota uh, was Pitt. That West Virginia lost to. South Dakota is a sizable step above any of the other FCS teams that uh, Big 12 teams played. And I personally think that they would have kicked uh, Louisiana Tech, who Missouri played. Uh, I guess they're not a Big 12 team, but they would have kicked Louisiana Monroe's ass. Uh, the UTEP game probably would be close, but I, mean, I, I would not I would not bet against South Dakota um, if they if they are lining up against UTEP. I would I would not I would not make that bet. Um, but to your point, you know, um, what what does anything mean? Like to get meta? I, I said it on the game review. I said in the game preview. Nothing outside of getting the the win versus South Dakota is really going to mean anything after the Missouri game is played. Um, the the Missouri game means infinitely more. Uh, you're playing a much better team uh, for what it means to the fans because of the history, the old school history with Missouri is right there. Um, it's just just a whole another level now so if the, if the defense comes out and gets smoked a couple times by missouri and it's a uh you know a 38 to 34 win or god forbid we lose that game then who cares that you got a shutout versus south dakota it's just something to put in the media guide it's just something to you know be a footnote when we have the opener next year uh but but 
mediocre defenses don't get shutouts. You know, it just doesn't happen. And you stepped up big time on a couple fourth downs. Um, yes, South Dakota, I guess, probably could have kicked it if they were dead sound trying to get points at a different part of the game. But the defense looked good. The defense looks good. So I liked it. I'll, I'll always take the shutout uh, over not getting a shutout. Callie Mike out there in the Bay Area, San Francisco, asked, the crowd looked amazing on TV. How was the atmosphere, and did the attendance fluctuate throughout the game? Um, I'll answer the second part first. Uh, yeah, uh, the, there was a noticeable amount of people left at halftime. Uh, a good portion of that did not come back in. After the third quarter touchdown, uh, another set of people left. Uh, after the third quarter ended, another set left. And, you know, by the end of the game, um, probably half the same was there. But, again, you're up 34 nothing. Uh, people want to get back out tailgate, beat the crowd back home. I get it. Um, nothing about the crowd, nothing about the atmosphere, nothing about the attendance, whether at the beginning of the game or in the second half or anything, that was big enough for me to complain about. I think we probably had a sizable more amount of folks stay through halftime and into the third quarter than most games, uh, percent total, uh, especially for blowout type games, uh, because the Ring of Honor celebration, the Ring of Honor was really cool. Uh, my seats are in the section right underneath L. Roberson's name. It was it was. Fun to see Bill Snyder out there. Uh, it was fun to see how pumped L. Roberson was. Larry Brown had his, uh, not his jersey, but had a game jersey with his number and name on the back. And I think his daughter was down there with him. And Tyler Lockett down there with Kevin and Aaron. Darren Howard was down there with his family. Arthur Brown looks jacked. Oh, man, Arthur Brown looks like he could he could be playing like defensive end in the NFL right now. He, he's, he is jacked. Oh, man, he has biceps that are massive it was so fun to see arthur brown down there and then uh shaylin uh you know colin klein's wife and his kids were down there it was cute to see his very cute family um so it was cool and it's it's always fun to be there to see those videos and uh kind of celebrate the the greats uh so i, I think that kept some people in there um but that's always fun uh also i no question was asked about it but also seeing some of the guys from the big 12 championship the 2012 big 12 championship team was down there they had the trophies down there the big 12 title trophy the uh o'brien quarterback trophy or the johnny unitas golden arm trophy was down there uh, that colin klein won handful of the players bj finney's there i actually saw bj finney's part of the athletic department now uh he, he's one of the leaders of the uh, varsity k club so it's good to have B.J. Finney back in Manhattan, part of uh, the athletic department. Uh, so it was fun. All that type of stuff was fun. The atmosphere was great. Um, I, I touched on it in the game review, uh, but but they have a new intro video with kind of an homage to a Crazy Train. I'm sure it'll be on the Athletics YouTube page or maybe K-State Football tweeted it out uh, with them doing their hype stuff on uh, train tracks with some purple LEDs. Uh a new company is taking over kind of pregame and in-game pyro. Uh, there's purple smoke going, some strobes, uh, some white smoke, and the team's coming out, some more fireworks. So the atmosphere is great. Um, you know, that first touchdown got super loud. The block punt, super loud. Uh, you know, a couple of the third downs were loud. You didn't need it to be deafening on defense because it was a blowout early. Really looking forward to that Mizzou game. Uh, again, uh, South Dakota's band was there. <laughs> their band, their poor band team, got uh, booed by the student section when they came in. 
Um, anyone on Twitter, message boards, or at the games, they, they kind of know some of the drama going on with the students and the band and chanting and all that type of stuff. I'm not going to touch on that. But the atmosphere was good. It, it was a very good atmosphere, 50,000. Uh, just a handful of like noticeable empty seats up in the corners, but they sold some standing room only. So over 50,000, the first official capacity crowd since 2019. So first capacity crowd since COVID in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It was awesome. Absolutely loved uh, feeling that atmosphere again. Uh, Bob Trollsby comes in. How much of the passing game concerns can we be blamed on not wanting to give away the playbook in week one versus an FCS team when you have uh, Mizzou uh, in week two? I don't know the answer to this one. Uh, I, I, I want it to be a lot. I want it to be a lot. Uh, because the the playbook, the the game call, I, I w- especially in the passing game, I was not impressed. Left a lot to be desired. So so I want it to be a lot. Uh, because if it's not, if if we can't say that, hey, that was the that was the halo top vanilla ice cream um, of play calling. If if you can't say it was Kroger brand, you know, whipped cream. Uh, then, then, then I, I don't think we're going to be able to have the type of season we want. And because, because the the team was so dominant in almost every other facet, it was field goal kicking and the passing game. Um, those were the only two things that weren't you know at an A level. I think on Saturday, uh, I'm going to say a lot of it had to do with the play calling, not wanting to give it a lot away. Now we're going to see it. We're going to see the Mizzou game, and then shortly after down the road, the Oklahoma game. And if we're still having those conversations, if we're still having kind of those head scratchers after the Oklahoma game, I think we have to reset expectations because you're not going to be winning nine, 10 games if that's what your passing attack's going to look like. I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I, I'm choosing to believe that it was we're trying to hide some stuff. So um, that that's where I'm at. I know it's not a great answer, but, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. Uh, Callie Mike is back. Thoughts on Rubley with regard of decision-making and footwork. I thought it looked great. I thought the only the only knock I could have against him was his you know internal clock uh, on that sack he took on a third down. You have to, when you're going through your reads, you gotta have to you have to know, okay, I've gone through my reads. This is about four or five seconds. My offensive line has given me a ton of time. I have to take off running. You can't be taking those sacks at third down uh, in the red zone. Granted, it should it should have still resulted in three points, uh, but but you can't do that. Outside of that, though, I thought it was great. I, I thought he was spinning the ball. Um, I'm coming down off of my take of like you know, kind of projecting on to Will Howard. It's not fair to him. Again, it's only one series. Will Howard has never been able to play mop up duty. Every time he's had to come in, he's had to be starting versus big time opponents or coming in. Uh, you know, when the game's still in doubt with a shook team because Skylar Thompson went down. That, that's unfair to Will Howard. I shouldn't have said it in the game review pod. I did. It's out there, whatever. Uh, but Jake Rubel looked good. And I, and I think it is good to have, it, it's always good to have good quarterbacks. The competition starting in January, post bowl game, so maybe February, uh, when uh, prep for spring ball 2023 starts, with Avery Johnson, Jake Rubley, and Will Howard, it is going to be one one of the craziest quarterback competitions in the history of K-State football, I think. I, I think that is going to be insane. It is going to dominate every single K-State football conversation from post-bowl game until week one and probably into Big 12 play. Uh, 
But Jake Rubley looked very good. I thought he looked very good. Um, all right, Callie Mike again. How concerned should we be with the lack of passing game? Was Klein being just ultra conservative? Was uh, South Dakota's secondary that good? So I I think I think he was being conservative. I've talked about that. I, I think I'm choosing to believe that. But South Dakota's secondary, I'll be honest, I don't know how good their players are. I don't know if they're going to stack on a couple guys in the Missouri football uh, conference, the Missouri Valley football conference. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't. I'd be lying if I said that they're going to have like four FCS All-Americans or something like that. But they were playing super far off the ball. They were saying, look, if you want to pass the ball, you're going to have to dink and dunk it all the way down the field. Now, we said, okay, we'll occasionally do that, but we're just going to run for big plays as well. I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I think that we will see some more creativity in the passing game to stretch the ball down the field. But hell, the one shot they took, Phillip Brooks... Could have made that play. I'm not going to say he should have. I'm not going to, you know, run him down for not making that play. But Adrian Martinez put the ball in a position where Philip Brooks could have made a play. And we and and would would the narrative would would K State fans be feeling a little different if Philip Brooks laid out, made that catch, scored a touchdown? It was like a what was it like a 48 yard touchdown pass? And we had that to kind of stick to maybe. And, and that's just a couple inches here or there. So not. I'm choosing not to be overly concerned. It, it is my number one concern coming out of it. Like I won't, I won't lie to you guys, but I'm not going to change my prediction. I'm not going to turn around and say we're going to lose to Missouri because of it. So if it's not going to tangibly change any opinion I have, I, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. But ultimately, I think it's a mix of everything. I think conservative and South Dakota just saying we are not getting beat deep. You can check down all game long, but we'll not let you go deep. Curtis Dawson, any concern over Deuce's health after the face mask? I don't think he returned uh, into the game. Yes, he did return to the game. Uh, he played the f- first half, um, first couple drives. Uh, he set up uh, Adrian's touch, or no, he set up DJ's touchdown. He got a big run. Uh, when he went out of the game, he only had 89 yards. After that, he ended up with 126. So he ended up with you know almost 30 more yards um, in the game. So, I uh, know he had over 30. He, he almost had another 50 yards after that. So, he had like 45 yards after that. So, he, he came back in. I have zero concern over Deuce's health right now. Uh, no free S. Uh, a little surprised even during garbage time. Here's the thing. DJ Giddens only got a handful of carries. And that was DJ Giddens' first time playing college football. Uh, ideally, would you have liked to get uh, free as a couple carries? Yeah, 100%. You 100% would have. But DJ only had a handful of carries, and that's the first time he is playing college ball. Big Tony Frias has played some Juco ball. Uh, he's a little bit older. He has a little bit more experience, but he's number three on the depth chart. And uh, when, when you're trying to get DJ Giddens, who is going to be your number two guy, DJ Giddens is the real deal. DJ Giddens is about to be a future all Big 12 type running back, a future uh, you know mid to late round NFL draft pick. That is how good DJ Giddens is. And I'm not going to uh, sacrifice getting him ready for this long season to get the third string running back some carries. Um, you just can't do that. You can't do that. I, I think Tony Frias is going to have a role in this team, but you have to get DJ Giddens ready to be that number two guy. DJ Giddens is what everyone wanted, uh, you know, Jarcadia Wright to be. You know, a bigger back. And he has the skill set and he has the ability that everyone wanted Joe Irvin to be. 
that being a legitimate power five running back. You can't you can't sacrifice that sort of that sort of playing time and those precious reps when you're trying to get DJ to the point where hey he's gonna have five or six carries a game and he he doesn't know or he hasn't had gotten the chance to play college football yet. You can't do that. They they handled the running back position exactly how they should have. So no no concerns there. Uh, Mike Smith seemed like a lot of freshmen out there playing. Who is your freshman MVP again? It's it's DJ the Blue Jay Giddens. Uh, he is the MVP. He played great out there. But Jake Clifton played great. VJ Payne played great. Uh, Jacob Parrish was getting in there mixing it up as a true freshman. Uh, so I, I you had a lot of guys out there. Andrew Line game. Carver Willis uh, was playing on, on the offensive line. You had a lot of guys. R.J. Garcia out there catching a couple passes. Jake Rubley throwing the ball around. But D.J. Giddens is is without a doubt the one from yesterday. I think V.J. Payne, number two, playing true freshman back there, playing probably the most snaps of any of the freshmen. I don't have snap counts right in front of me. But D.J.'s the truth. D- I, I am super high on D.J. again. Maybe we're doing that thing or I'm doing that thing where we all hype up the number two running back. Uh, but I think he's the real deal. And, and I truly believe he is going to get his name, you know, called in the NFL draft four years from now. I, I think he's the real deal. And, and I, I hope I'm not putting too much pressure on him by saying this. Hope I'm not overhyping him. I, I hope I'm not doing all these things uh, that people sometimes accuse fans of doing. But I... I am just ready to run through a brick wall. That's how excited I am for DJ Giddens. Uh, Brett Morey, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the passing game? For the record, he's a 3. I'm probably at a 4.5. Uh, again, throw for like 189, 207. You know, be able to move the ball around without turning the ball over next week. It'll be a zero, uh, but, but I'd be lying if, if I said it's a zero right now. I mean, there's some concern, but, but but my confidence is pretty high that they'll figure it out. Maybe that's a contradictory statement. Hell, I know it's a contradictory statement, um, but but I, I think we're going to figure it out. Again, we saw creativity in the passing game in the Texas Bowl with Colin Klein. We didn't see a lot of those, uh, or at least I don't think we saw a lot of them, Um KSU underscore fan, a.k.a. Jimmy. He's going to do his gifts. He might be able to lay out some stuff and and, and say I'm wrong. And maybe that would lead to more concern. Uh, but they were so good in the passing attack. They were creative in the passing attack versus LSU back in January that I'm not going to go over the top panicking. Um, but but there is some concern. But, but I believe they'll get it figured out. So, again, that, that's a Scott Wildcat contradictory special right there. Uh, before we finish it up, uh, we got about half the questions left. Um, remember, check out Charlie Hustle. Do you want officially just some super cool officially licensed K-State t-shirts, polo, or, or pullovers, joggers, hoodies, crewnecks? Check out Charlie Hustle. They got all the coolest logos over the entire history of K-State sports. And the university. It's the most comfortable shirt. I'm currently wearing my Lavender Faithful to Our Colors t-shirt. I saw a couple of the Dew shirts out there. I saw a couple of Faithful to Colors t-shirts. I saw some Fighting Ever Fighting. Uh, I saw all sorts of great stuff out at the Bill on Saturday. So check them out. And again, 
Chiefs season kicks off on Sunday. Get you something from their Arrowhead collection as well. I know a lot of people are still waiting on their orders. Folks, we sold so many t-shirts. They sold so many t-shirts on launch. They sold through just about sold out just about every single shirt they had. So they got some more in. So if you made your order, it's coming, I promise. So I, you know, if you want to look stylish at your tailgate party or at home, check out Charlie Hustle. Again, get you something purple for Saturdays and something red on Sundays. Mr. Cam Hag, would you have felt any better had the outcome been 48 to 10? Do you prefer prefer putting up the 34 uh, nothing and getting a shutout? That's a good question. I, I might have felt a little better going 48-10, um, assuming it was Adrian Martinez uh, out there and not like garbage time touchdown stuff, and it was as a result of passing. But it, but it, but if it would have been like, oh, two Jake Rubley touchdowns to get us uh, to 48-10, no. No. Uh, so I have to I have to like get my exact scenario to say yes. Uh, but but if, if it was like two like passing touchdowns, one a big play and one after a sustained drive that brought Adrian Martinez like passing total up to like one forty five. Still no interceptions, and yeah, I probably would have taken that, but otherwise no. So I, I have to get real exact. But it's fun to get a shutout, man. It's fun to see that goose egg up there. Alex Brown, passing game was bad. Was it QB1 or saving the playbook? I've touched on that a couple times. I I truly believe there's probably a little bit of blame. I think there was probably, I I think 60%, 70, I'll say 70% playbook, maybe 20% quarterback one, just trying to be overly conservative and maybe 10% wide receivers not getting open. Uh, But I think most of it, I, I, I believe it is playbook. Dietz37, how did KT do at tackle? I think he whiffed on the one block that got Martinez rocked. Yes, he had probably the second worst play by an offensive lineman. But outside of that, I mean, he had like an A-minus game. So I was very pleased with KT Lev outside that one play. Now, you can't, as a left tackle, have that one play that leaves a completely unblocked blitzer uh, to take out your quarterback. You can't have one of those a game. So I'm not sitting here and saying, I, I oh, yeah, he's great. I'd take that game. No, I, I, I you can't have that. But he had an A-minus game after that. He looked way better than I thought he was going to snap in, snap out. And again, what that allowed Cooper Beebe to do, get up on that second level, that's going to result in multiple big play home run rushing touchdowns this season. So I am... I've officially come around and said I'm good with the move they made. Now, which has been the theme of talking about the South Dakota game, if shit hits the fan versus Missouri, nothing I've said over the last couple episodes talking about the South Dakota game and how great it was, that all goes out the window and it's all bullshit if you don't have a good game versus Missouri. But I think we're going to. I think we're going to. I think KT's only going to get better. I don't think we've I don't think that was the best game we're going to see from KT at left tackle. I don't. So, hope that answers your question again. You can't be getting letting your guy get rocked. But all in all, I mean, outside of that one play, it was an A-. Um, call me Al. 
like others, the passing game was non-existent. We heard during fall practice and saw during his time at uh, Nebraska, Adrian Martinez has a strong arm, but besides the deep ball to Brooks down the middle of the field, it looked like Adrian Martinez was lobbing the shoulder to his receivers. Did he re-injure the shoulder? I don't think he did. If it did, I don't know what play it happened. Uh... I haven't heard anything. There haven't been any whispers about it. I think that he was just taking it conservative. I I think the objective was to win the game. The objective was to not turn the ball over. I think the objective was not to get hurt. Now, if if we see him just kind of lobbing the ball, nothing going more than 5, 10 yards out of his arm next week, then yeah, we have to have the conversation. But I haven't heard any whispers about him being hurt or anything like that. Steve Z asked the 48-10-34 question. Again, unless it was going to be two passing touchdowns and it was going to be uh, one big play and a sustained drive uh, from Adrian Martinez predominantly passing, I would take what we currently got. But if you if you were able to paint, allow me to paint my picture for 48-10, I would have taken 48-10. Uh, Kale 5 any Big 12 games teams stand out to you as good or bad? Uh, West Virginia shit shit the bed um neil brown if he didn't have a 20 million dollar buyout he was he'd be on the verge of getting sacked he would be getting fired iowa state took care of business versus a very bad semo team um again hunter deckers had a had a good stat line i know iowa state fans are super excited for him um so we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, they have Iowa State, and they're they're a three and a half point underdog, which surprised me because Iowa looks so bad. Um, if Iowa State takes care of business first, Iowa, then I'm going to have to come to terms with um, them being way better than I thought. But here's the thing: Semo fucking sucks. They're not good. Um, Oklahoma took care of UTEP again. UTEP not good. Murray State, Albany. Louisiana Monroe, all trash teams. Again, people put up nothing about my opinion of the Big 12 change. Like, if anything changed, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's defense gave up 44 points and over 500 yards to Central Michigan. They're not, Central Michigan's not good. They're going to maybe be a bowl eligible team in the MAC. I mean, nothing really changed. I, maybe I was at most impressed with TCU. TCU beating Colorado by 25 is probably the most impressive result, I think, from the Big 12. Um, but Colorado's bad. I think South Dakota would have beat Colorado. I, I firmly believe South Dakota would have beat Colorado in week one. So n- not much has changed. Iowa State has the ability to kind of move up my power rankings. Uh, so does Iowa State, sadly. Um, but really, nothing, nothing really moved the needle. Um, Kenny Burns, uh, does South Dakota game change the outlook on the season? Any next week game? No, no. Not one bit. Not one bit at all. No. 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 Because uh, I had us going 10-2, and two, so nothing I saw was like, okay, we're going 11-1. and one. Nothing I saw concerns me so much where I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to win. It all comes down to that Missouri game. Uh, that That is the game that could move the needle down. I don't think there's anything until the Oklahoma game that could make me think we're going to go 11-1. and one. Um, But, I mean, if, if we struggle versus Missouri, then then – expectations have to kind of reset but nothing about there was nothing about that south dakota and i said this in the game preview there was nothing about this game that was going to change expectations for me because it's all going to be wiped out on saturday good bad or indifferent 
anything that happened this most recent Saturday goes out the window after you play Missouri. Uh, D-Lon, how much money did you lose betting legally <laughs> on college football in week one? I'm up money-wise. Now, I lost a lot of bets, uh, but th- there's the free bets and all that type of stuff. So if you're talking purely money, I am up uh, like $380 uh, thanks to different boosted odds and all these promos they do that first week, free bets, all this type of stuff. I'm I'm slightly under uh, 50%. Uh, when it comes to my plays, my four plays that I tweeted about only hit on one, uh, but but I hit on some teaser or on some parlays. I, I had some other kind of in-game wagering. I, I did some other bets that I'm up uh, a few hundred dollars, um, but but I did lose my fair share too. You know, Louisville got stomped. Appalachian State couldn't pull it off. Boise State got stomped. Uh, but you know, betting Penn State minus three and a half—that was my biggest play of the weekend, and it hit. So it was fun. I, I enjoy legally betting on, you know, college football. Uh, after all, I, I work through all the free bets and bonus money. Like it's going to come down quite a bit. It, it'll not be this many bets, and I'll, I'll probably go to like betting like five dollars a game at most. But it's fun, and, and, and I'm just happy Kansas is able to do it. All right, uh, coming to the home stretch here. Okay, from Curtis Dawson, would you rather the Cats open it up offensively and dominate Mizzou, but in in so doing, they show their hand to Oklahoma or play it close to the vest, lose a close game to Mizzou, and save it all for Big 12? No. 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 Not it. No. Now, are, are you are you asking me? Are you asking me? Would I rather win the Oklahoma game or the Missouri game? I'd rather win the Oklahoma game. But there is no world where I'm gonna basically just accept losing the Missouri game, unless you are willing to, in this hypothetical, guarantee me, guarantee that we beat Oklahoma. I'm not. I'm not taking that hypothetical at all. I'm not even thinking twice. Not even thinking twice. Uh, remember, all shows sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Absolutely delicious beer. Get yourself a four-pack. Go to the stadium. Get a couple pints. Watch the game there. Next time you're in Manhattan, get in there. Stan Weber has a great event going on this Friday. So if you're in Manhattan the Friday before the Mizzou game, check them out. And I'm also rocking the most comfortable K-State shirt I own, my Lavender Charlie Hustle shirt. Check them out. They have something for you on Saturday to support the Cats and something if you're, a, you know, an Arrowhead fan. Check out their Arrowhead collection as well. Final few questions from LazyP51. How many more times can we get Manhattan Brewing Company on ESPN Plus and ESPN? I need it every game. I'm drinking a 785 lager right now. Eventually, and folks, I'm going to need your help on this. Go into... Manhattan Brewing Company's tap room. Tell them Bosco's Boys sent you and tell them that you want a collaboration beer. The best K-State podcast with the best brewery in the entire Midwest. Let's make it happen. Uh, We'll go to Zach Llewellyn now. Uh, Zach, tell me if I butchered your last name. I'm sorry. Who... Is really quarterback two. QB two is Will Howard. Again, I think I got a little bit caught up when I did the game review pod. Uh, I think there will be a competition. I think it will be a completely open competition starting this winter. 
uh, between Jake Rubley, Will Howard, and Avery Johnson for who's going to be QB 1, 2, and 3. But I liked what I saw of Jake, uh, but uh, I'm not, I don't get to see all the practices. And Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein have said in no uncertain terms that Will Howard is still quarterback number two. So until they tell me differently, uh, he's quarterback two. Defensive line versus offensive line. Who had the better game? Both felt great. I'm going with defensive line only because the offensive line made two glaring mistakes that led to hits on Adrian Martinez. I'm sure the defensive line had two pretty big mistakes, but again, you you don't notice it as much for the defensive line. There was a couple times where they should have brought a guy down for a sack. South Dakota quarterback was pretty elusive. Uh, but I, I would say the off, offensive line got an A minus, and the defensive line got just straight A. Both played really well. Uh, how about ESPN Plus crew shouting out Manhattan Brew collab with Coach Riley? Again, we love Manhattan Brew and Company. They're sponsoring the show. I'm drinking their beer. Like, <laughs> I'm drinking a few of their beers every time I record a show, and we're doing almost daily shows. So that tells you how much I love Manhattan Brewing Company. Best beer in Kansas. Best beer in the Midwest, no doubt. Uh, any concerns about the drop passes uh, and that Malik disappeared after the first play? You never like seeing drops. Drops happen. Um, here's the thing with Malik. He's a big-time player, uh, and he can hit a home run. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a home run and then vanishing every single game if that's a 75-yard touchdown from Malik. Um <laughs> Yes, you want more. You want to see multiple touches. You want to see him getting open. You want to see multiple big plays. But I'm not. I I don't see how anyone could sit here and be like, "Yeah, I have concerns." Uh, when one of when his the biggest play of the game came from Malik. So no, I, I I'm not concerned there. Uh, K State KC. What is the ceiling for rushing yards in a single game from the offense? I mean, I think we're gonna have a 300 yard rushing game at some point this season. I mean, maybe 350. I mean, I would say the ceiling, if we like dedicated to it with all these home run hitters, it can maybe be five, 400 if you're talking true best case scenario ceiling. But I think we have a, I mean, hell, we almost had 300. Right? I'm going to pull up the uh, box score real quick. Because, I mean, we had a lot. Again, you have home run hitters. I mean, hell. DJ Giddens, we, we had 297. We almost had 300 yards. The ceiling's 400. Yeah, why not? Ceiling's 400. I mean, you had uh, Deuce Vaughn averaging 7 a carry. DJ Giddens, 9.5. You had the Malik Knowles 75-yard run. You had a 19 run, or a 17-yard run from Adrian Martinez. We've seen Phillip Brooks break off 25, 30-yard runs on uh, jet sweeps. You can see RJ Garcia do it too. Yeah, 420 yards. 420, yeah. Uh, That's a ceiling. Uh, Very high ceiling. Two more questions, and we're going to call it a day. Um, Since uh, the passing and kicking games are question marks, what is the biggest surprise, good or bad, or both? Uh, Biggest surprise with the passing game. I had higher hopes. But again, not not melting down over it. I expected the kicking, quite frankly. Biggest surprise, probably that DJ Giddens, DJ the Blue Jay, nine yards a carry. I mean, that's that's pretty effing impressive, folks. So he's he, and uh, Jake Clifton looking so good out there in game one as a true freshman. VJ Payne, 
So just the freshmen were positive surprises. Final couple couple questions from Elvis Ema, then we're going to call it a day. Who will have an eye-popping improvement from game one to two? I think Adrian Martinez. I think we're going to see the real Adrian Martinez versus Missouri. He's going to have a big pop. And I think with that, I think we're going to see some of the wide receivers pop as well. Then how many games do the Cats sell out at home this year? So we are going to sell out the first two. We will not sell out Tulane. If we beat Oklahoma, Texas Tech will be a sellout. Um, I'm going to say we sell out a total of four games. I think South Dakota, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. So those are going to be the four sellouts with KU and Texas Tech being between 48 and 49,000, so close to sell up, but no cigar. And then I'm going to say the two lane games, like between 46 and 47,000. And yeah, so that's all we got. Folks, I will have the game preview show for you guys tomorrow as you're listening to this. And remember, 7 p.m. on Spotify Live. Uh, we have the live show that will publish in the RSS feed on Friday. Shout out to Charlie Hustle. Shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. And shout out to the Boneheads. Um, that's all we got for today. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. We here at Bosco's Boys love you very much. And go Cats. Hail to the purple. Hail to the Wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. Onward forever, hail victory. Fight, UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting ever fighting for a wildcat victory fight 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 you taste a wildcats for alma mater fight 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 glory in the combat
Social Podcast Network.